an amazing guest joining us in studio today. Um, activist, poet, international model. Yeah. I want to say like former lawyer, but still a lawyer. <laughs> like with the NPA. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Tando Hopper. Yeah. Yes. Wild. <laughs> Tando is in studio with us and it's going to be chilled vibes just to get her full story because I don't feel that enough people know your story. They've maybe seen you on the cover of a magazine or saw that you were on a an, an international list and were like, okay, that's mm. nice, but how and where and why and, and whatever. Are you Joburg-based? Yes, I am. Joburg-based. And yes. it, when you started off going into this career of being an adult and whatever, did you ever think that you were going to be so diverse and have so many different sort of paths that you were going to be taking? Or was it, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to kick ass, and that's what I'm going to do? Well, I mean, I think when we grow up, we're all kind of tutored that you stick with your career. Mm. And I actually got into law not because I really wanted to, but because my father and I had a difference of opinion on what my career should be. I wanted to actually be an actress. Oh, so you did did the one that he wanted you to do? He wanted me to be an accountant. Oh, right. Okay. So middle ground was law, actually. So this was like middle ground between accounting and And acting. And acting. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Wow. So, um, and then I did um, my law degree but only on my final year really did I discover myself as a lawyer because I decided to do community-based law mm-hmm. and that's how I went into the National Prosecuting Authority and became a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did the activism sort of come from from there, from your experience with those community cases and seeing what was actually happening and the injustices or was it just something that you kind of were doing maybe already? First of all, I mean, we did this thing at Wits University and it was called street law. Yes. And I would go out into communities and we'd teach people the law, you know, just for them to be able to function. Um, but interestingly, um, when I did that, uh, well, a friend of mine was like, you know, there's this aspirin prosecutor program and I really think that it would be so you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... <laughs> so you. No, yeah, no, because yeah. I mean, I was quite I was quite intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, I really think that this would work for you. So I, I kind of went into it um, also because street law had shaped me. Mm-hmm. But also, I think your personal experiences also shape activism. So I think it is kind of a two... Or a dynamic thing, you know. So I think it was both personal experiences that shaped my activism and also just the, the courses I chose started, you know, make, grooming me into a particular mm-hmm. kind of lawyer. When's the last time you practiced? Whew, whew. 2016 January. <laughs> It was that long. There's even a month. Yeah. Mm, there's <laughs> even a month. <laughs> I remember it very specifically because I had to like save. I saved up like for a year and a half before I actually resigned because I just, I was like, I need to find myself. But I wasn't sure what that meant. Uh-huh. So I literally just put money away just to figure myself out. Oh, wow. And my media career took off. Mm. When you say media career, was it poetry? Was it acting? Was it modeling? Because you've been... 
doing the things yes. in the media industry. Yes. So what happened is when I started as an aspirant prosecutor, I got scouted by Khat Johan Kutzea. Yes. Shut the front Can door. You was he in the like was he in the courtroom? Like how do you get scouted <laughs> while you're busy being a prosecutor? Like, what was he in for? I love the way she wears that heel with that skirt. How, how does that even happen? <laughs> no, actually. So what happened is I was at Cresta Mall and I was actually just going to watch a movie. Oh, and he just stopped me and he said, oh, It's like yeah. a Charlize story. Yeah. Very, very much so, you know. Um, but I I, I was uh, not fit for modeling because I couldn't even walk in heels when he met me. I actually, oh. like courtrooms, it was me in flat shoes because okay. I had to run constantly. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, let's just do a shoot together. And, and I didn't want to, hey? I was like, no, why do I need to do that? Like, did you rec- did you recognize no. him? Like, did you know who he was I when he approached no you? I had no clue. But then, ah, like, how is some random no guy clue. with this weird hairstyle now wants me to do I, things? Yes, it was actually kind of like, I want to take pictures <laughs> of you. Like, no, no. Creep. And, yeah. <laughs> so how? And actually, he had to say that. He's like, I'm not a creep. I just want you to... <laughs> I think that's what creeps say, don't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I want to get. I want to get more of the story. Um, please explain how you went from not knowing this random guy walking up to you to <laughs> now being known as an international model. So Gert wanted us to do this shoot and I went to my sister and I was like, the most ridiculous thing happened. You know, this man just wants me to go and pose and. And she was like, and when she actually found out that it was Khar Johan Katia, and she said, you know, there's an opportunity here for you to kind of use your platform to Mm. kind of create, not really awareness, but to create a different perception of albinism. Mm. So I went to Khar very serious now, and I'm just coming in with this like intense stuff. I'm like, you know, albinism needs to be represented in a positive way. And he's just like, whew. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were pretty. I wanted to wear my dress. <laughs> and it actually kind of became a whole campaign about color and beauties of color and all of that. And that's when our journey started. So actually what I was starting to do was purpose branding, but I wasn't aware of it yet. Sure. You know. So I started saying, you know, I want to represent albinism in a positive way. It was such an oversimplification. Yeah. Because the thing about representation is it's multifaceted. Mm. Big time. It's that you are you are representing women you're representing in you know black people south africans africans people with albinism and i kind of constantly had to look at my representation in a multi-dimensional way which became an intense exercise i have mm. to say because you know as a woman there's a way there's a stereotype with respect to that as a model there's a stereotype with respect to that with albinism there's a stereotype of, you know mm. and it was just like constantly trying to unburden myself of stereotypes you know it was just like yo <laughs> i didn't know what i was getting into <laughs> Did did Kat have an idea of making such a statement or making this campaign a thing? Or was it just for him about fashion and showing um, different types of women so that are South African? Or did I, he realize like that it would be... I mean, look where you are now. Did he realize <laughs> that it was going to be like such a what do you call, springboard for you? I don't think either of us saw it coming. Really? Eh? Because the interesting thing is, I mean, when we started doing purpose branding, and he also just did purpose branding outside of me, you know, HIV, AIDS, etc. Sure. And then I did purpose branding in terms of representation, inclusion, diversity. But the story grew beyond me. So it traveled around the world beyond mm. me. And that's how platform after platform, I, I was constantly amazed at the platforms that were reaching out to me. So, yeah. 
you recently were on the cover of Vogue Portugal, yes! which is. Which I mean, no one really Ooh. noticed. Clearly, <laughs> like, it was a thing that happened that people were just like, "Oh yeah, that's that's really nice." But how how did that happen? How did that happen? Being, it's it's a European magazine. It's also mm. a Vogue. Mm. But like, how 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 <laughs> how did, was it? An email? Was it a DM in your Instagrams? <laughs> did you apply? Yeah yeah yeah. Was it? Were you the final one standing? Did you have to use a bow and arrow to get rid of the other contestants? How how? <sighs> Um, you know, I'm not really sure how I got referred to um, with respect to me being on the cover of Vogue because mm. we just received an email saying, you know what, we are looking into your work as a diversity advocate and we'd like to do, a, you know, there's a cover opportunity. And I thought, no, no, something is not right here, you know. And I went to my sister and I was like, you know, your sister seems in. to be the person you go to for a lot. <laughs> no, I do. She gives I you do. good no, advice. She yeah. does. She does. And she was like, oh my gosh this is awesome and then I went to my mom and I told him like you know I received this weird email and my mother's like you're going to be trafficked oh Oh my god I promise you she's like that these these, you know trafficking people Mm. and models and they promise you this and that and that which month was it Um, the issue was for April but we actually shot this in Feb sure and I mean we got to the point of the story where they sent you an email yes. asking if you would be on the cover of Vogue. You went to your sister. Your sister was like, yes. And your mom was like, no. Yes. Human trafficking <laughs> is a thing. And that's... It's S- a thing. Sibs, off air, Sibs was making the most valid point. Mm. That's exactly how they get girls. Mm. They send you these massive promises, mm. fame, fortune, mm. jobs, mm. modeling. Mm. So your mom was like, hell to the no. Yes. So then how did it end up... How did it, how did it end up happening? Um, I mean, I mean, we had our conversations. We did our due diligence. Literally, I was even looking at like URLs, like Portugal mm-hmm. says PT, PT yeah. like literally yes. everything. We had to do due diligence to that extent. Um, and yeah, but then we went and we did the thing and I was in traffic, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but we actually shot it in Cape Town okay. and we went landscape hopping. And to be quite honest, I, I realized how much I don't know my own country because Cape Town has really beautiful landscapes. Diverse, yeah, yeah, and it's diverse. Mm. So um, we did that, and I actually even brought some of my jewelry, my mm. family jewelry, Southern African jewelry, because I'm half, I'm half Tosa and half Sutu. Sutu yeah. Get it? You know? And the thing about representation <laughs> is that, as I said, it's multifaceted. So I was like, I'm gonna bring as many people with me on this shoot mm. as possible. So yeah. So cover shoot inside. How many? How many pages did they give you? Did they say why they? approached you specifically just such a cool thing (laughs) just share so with respect to them approaching me as I said they, they, they actually recognized the work I did as a diversity advocate I mean I was involved in, 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 in the UN policy discussions with respect to you know um, policies in you know, uh, discrimination against albinism mm. in SADC countries and all I, I did a I think why first I, I, I know, sorry I'm sorry to interrupt <laughs> you but like, so I am Portuguese yes and what I find so crazy about this is that it was a European country that is yeah. not known for having you know a a big a big population of African people so it blows mm. my mind that it wasn't an African magazine or that we haven't done something like this for you here and it was Portugal Vogue 
Well, actually, I mean, there was Murray. I did get the Murray Trey yes, cover. Yes. And the first Condé Nast publication I was on is Glamour. But let me tell you, your statement is quite loaded um, because it's 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 something I have to kind of still fight. Mm. Um, and one day we'll be able to write a book and tell these stories properly. <laughs> what is it that you do? So what is the everyday Tando Hopper up to? I mean, it's the most interesting thing. I mean, I've, you know, I've been in in a strange position where I kind of go into consulting and brands, especially purpose brands, they want to know how to kind of go about their messaging. I get Can you explain too. the purpose brand thing? Because I understand the concept, but I'm worried that people listening actually have no idea. Sure. What is purpose branding? Yeah. So purpose branding is really kind of setting uh, certain values with, within your brand. Um, and for instance, I mean, I worked with, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to name, Oh, okay. Anything? <laughs> I worked with one of the first purpose brands I worked with was Audi. Mm. And Audi has progressed by Audi. So everything mm. that they did needed to show progress. Oh. So the values mean whatever kind of partnership or collaboration will fall through. And yeah. it will kind of just, you know, okay, be so, progressive. So the brand has has um, sort of ethics or, or exactly. things that they stand for. Okay, And now exactly. people are coming to you as a consultant for... Wow. I know. It's so strange. I hope you charge a lot. <laughs> I think I do. I yeah, think I charge good. reasonably. <laughs> Get that money. Get that money. Absolutely. Yeah. But also, you know, writing articles. I mean, I even presented a paper at Johannes Gutenberg University mm, about mm. the complexities of, you know, representation with respect to albinism and got an offer to publish. So it's been an interesting. Wow journey yeah i mean and so much has happened in like the last three years for you what do you think is gonna what do you hope for the next let's say five years do you know everything has exceeded my expectations i would have never even hoped for vogue to be quite honest with you because i mean i moved from having no representation as a woman with albinism and now all of a sudden it's just like pirelli calendar Mm. um vogue covers and Mm. you know and i'm i'm actually now just open I'm actually just saying to the universe, you know what? You've taught me to be open because my own dreams were actually quite self-limiting. Mm. So I think I think I've, I've allowed my story to just continue and see what that means. I love it. I love it so much. I could have you here for hours and hours. Tando, if people want to find out what your next step is going to be, how do they find you online if you want them to not do it in a stalkerish way? <laughs> they want to get in touch with you and, and those types of things. What's the best way for people to... Yeah, to, to follow your journey. Well, my Instagram account is Tando Hopper, T-H-A-N-D-O-H-O-P-A. And then Twitter is Tando underscore Hopper. And you can see um, a beautiful picture of who's alarming. Is that your alarm to wake up? It's me. I really need to turn it off. <laughs> you really do. Um, Tando, there's a beautiful picture of Tando on uh, 5FM's Twitter and I think probably IG we are going to attempt to do a picture with her but it's the first time I've ever had a model in studio to do this so that's a little bit intimidating Um, but Tando thank you so much for your time thank you thank you for having me